Hey, this is Erin. I'm Melissa. And we're Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider. Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We will help you get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, and make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. We always love getting to sit down and talk with the phenomenally talented Megan Rowe. You've probably seen her beautiful work around in the glossy magazine Spokane Quarterly Living, in the Spokesman Review, Slate, Associated Press, and many more different publications. Today, we'll chat with her about what inspired her career as a writer, her work at Spokane Quarterly Living magazine, and you won't want to miss what she has to say about a story involving the Canadian border. It's crazy. Thank you to our sponsor, Inland Imaging, for helping support our podcast. Inland Imaging has the highest level of breast imaging expertise in the region. They have nine board-certified breast imaging radiologists, a large number of dedicated mammographers, breast sonographers, breast MRI technologists, and they're all at the top of their field and ready to help if you need it. They are the region's only network of breast imaging centers of excellence recognized by the American College of Radiology. With imaging centers conveniently located throughout the Spokane area and throughout the Inland Northwest, making an appointment at your preferred time and location comes with ease. Pair that with their advanced integrated electronic network to ensure your medical records are kept secure and your images read quickly so you have your results as soon as possible. Megan Rowe is a master storyteller and gifted community builder. Currently, she is the editor-in-chief at Spokane Coeur d'Alene Living Magazine and was a former writer at the Spokesman Review. Megan was a reporter for the City Desk covering national news at the local level and a reporter on the Business Desk. Her work has also been featured in the Associated Press, in Slate, U.S. News & World Report, Seattle Times, the Washington Times, Yahoo Life, Government Technology, Her Campus, and more. She is also a passionate advocate for equity-focused causes. So Megan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. We're very excited to have you. And I wanted to know, what when did you know that you wanted to become a writer? Okay, so that is actually like really young. It was, you know, when teachers ask you what you want your profession to be in your little babies. I wrote right. Everyone was saying marine biologist or teacher <laughs> or firefighter. And I wrote writer, but also I had sort of this thing where I kept a diary when I was really young. And my mom uh, had also kept one, but then she said, I stopped keeping it because I saw that, you know, my mother, your grandma was reading it and I never want you to stop. So I will never look at it because, and this was very intense. I was like six years old. She said, because you're a writer. So she named it before I did. But ever since that moment, I had carried, like, that was my identity above anything. And the only thing that's ever superseded that is mother. Oh, that's so beautiful. I was talking to Elizabeth Gilbert at an event for Spark Central here in Spokane. And she said that that realization was really hard for her to come to. Mm. Am I a writer? And I think a lot of people hit a brick wall with that. How cool that your mom empowered you at such a young age. But I bet your first writing job felt a little similar. What was your first writing job? Okay, so this is going to absolutely sound ridiculous. So um, before I had as a job, my freshman year of high school, I, of course, did the high school newspaper. But then that summer... Um, for a lot of weird different circumstances, my family was living in my grandparents' lake cottage in Wisconsin because I'm from the Midwest. 
and there was um, a weekly newspaper called The Beacon that was only like, it was like a 45-minute drive from the Lake Cottage, and we got it because it was literally in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, the only newspaper you could get at all, and we were always a family that had like The Trib, The Sun Times, we had New York Times, everything in our house. And so we got the beacon and that was all there was. And mom said, oh, you should go work for them. And I was like, I'm 15. I was already at Spiegelhoff's Pick and Save, like bagging groceries. I was like, they don't want me. And she was like, we're going to take you. So she drove me 45 minutes. I didn't have a driver's license to uh, the beacons. And she said, these are my daughter's clips. She wants to work for your paper. And, um, they read my clips and they said, well, we can only pay you, you know, $6 an hour. Yeah. Okay. And so every day my mom drove me 45 minutes there, drove 45 minutes back, drove 45 minutes to pick me up, 45 minutes back. That was my first writing job. Wow. Wow. Your mom, such a force to be reckoned with to really. She got me my job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That just blows me away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since then, you've gone on to write, I mean, as Aaron was saying, Yahoo Life and Government Technology, Washington Times, Slate. You've gone on to really work for a lot of big publications. And I know we're going a little off script in this one, but did you, so have you always lived in the Pacific Northwest writing for those companies or did you go to DC and did you go to New York City? No. So it's really one of those things where, I mean, Slate, I did on my own and there are a few others that I did on my own because I freelanced quite a bit. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, Spokesman's a very respected newspaper and we do have sharing agreement. Well, I, oh my God, I still say we sometimes, they have great, uh, sharing agreements with, you know, with AP, but also with a lot of other publications. So, um, they saw my stories on their wire and they chose to publish. And I'm always grateful when my words can go further than Spokane, though I love Spokane. And I do think that um, it is, we are so lucky to have such an incredible regional newspaper. And I don't think, you know, having lived other places in the country, I don't think people realize how rare this is. Like Chicago Tribune these days is kind of like, a dumpster fire and that's like a major city newspaper so it really is just kind and that's super depressing on a different level but people don't get it's like treasure this because you could lose it yeah and when we get these sweet regional stories you know and even the hard-hitting ones it's important to have journalists out there you know on the beat trying to understand Mm -hmm. what's going on right now and what has the response been to this change that you've made Okay, before I even say that, I do want to say, and I, I, I understand and I hear where you're coming from, no one has done this better than Black Lens News, and I do want to give a shout out to them, because it is incredible to have a paper that is really, really cares about that audience that is at this level. That's another thing that I think is a true gem in our city, and I think um, that there's so many of these voices that so many of us wouldn't even know about if... Black Lens News hadn't covered it first. So I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons Sandy was one of our Women in Business Leadership uh, Award winners, even though she was also um, a community builder, I think like the issue before that is I just (laughs) don't think she could possibly get too much praise. She deserves it. Um, 
With that said, um, I have tried to make sure that the coverage is just representative of our community, honestly, and that people who haven't been heard from as much can be heard from. And also, I think that um, my focus really has been um, on people who are doing amazing things in the community, and that has happened to be um, a more diverse group. I really think that so many of the Latinx uh, people in the community are doing incredible things. I really think that so many of the people of color, black people, are doing incredible things because um, I think there's just a real heart there, honestly, because, you know, I don't know how to put this. It, there's like an understanding of um, being proactive that is so important and that, you know, I honestly often think like, what am I doing? I'm sitting around and I'm watching like, you know, morning news on my couch. Like I'm not doing anything, you know? And, and then I see like someone like Jennifer Messa and she's just getting vaccinations in arms every single week and not just her. I want to be careful. Latinos in Spokane, there are so many incredible people. She is the face, but there are so many incredible people who are making sure that it's like a party and there's music and there's food, but also, Hey, if you want to, you can get vaccinated. Um, I actually can't think of more important work. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just making it a community gathering and making it be something that people can be proud of. So um, I don't know. I think that those are also just the most like fantastic things that are happening. Some of the people who I've been able to cover so far and also, I mean, not even me, like, you know, uh, Riley Hahn has been covering things. Daisy Zavala, who is now working for Seattle Times. Congratulations, Daisy. Um, was covering things for a while. I've been so blessed to have, like, Adriana Janovich. She inspired me to be a food and travel writer. That yeah. was... Uh, reading her words, they're so mm -hmm. poetic. And something that's unique about her and not so many writers is that she says so much mm -hmm. by not saying certain things. Like, mm -hmm. I know if she really loved a place, just based on the words that she's using, like, it is instantly evident. Mm -hmm. um, and then the way that she's able to summarize experiences, it's astounding. Yeah. You know, and you get something out of it. That's very cool that you were able to bring her back into that food writing scene. A big shout out to our sponsor, One Tree Hard Cider. We love One Tree Hard Cider because it's made using Washington State ingredients and it's made in Spokane. With everyday cider flavors like lemon basil, huckleberry, strawberry kiwi, and seasonal favorites like pumpkin and snow globe, there's a One Tree Hard Cider for you. Go to OneTreeHardCider.com to find out where you can purchase your very own cider. And as always, drink responsibly. So what is a day in the life of a magazine editor like? Oh, gosh. You know, it's such a weird uh, conglomeration of things. So a lot of people don't realize it, but I bet Aaron does. Um, I'm the social media person. I am, you know, I deal with a lot of, I wear a lot of hats. So I have to do that every day. So yes, our social media probably could look a little bit better. Um, 
I am saying this like very self-conscious because of course like Erin is like the master of this. She's like a <laughs> maestro of social media. Um, I, you know, I'm communicating with my writers. I'm editing. I'm interviewing people because I write uh, a good deal of the magazine. I'm writing. I'm editing. Um, and then just like a lot of different weird things like talking with clients. That's something I was not used to at the spokesman because there was that church and state separation where a reporter would never talk to an advertiser. Of course, it's very different. Um, and you know, you really do have to be careful. And I know you ladies know Mm -hmm. this of when you have things like that, that it's labeled, Mm-hmm. Be hugely important. You can yeah. get in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's just uh, breaks trust with your readers, mm-hmm. more importantly, actually. Um, I think they deserve to know if something they're reading was paid for. Um, but yeah, it does involve talking to advertisers. It does involve, you know, communicating with sales reps and figuring out, you know, so many different pieces of the puzzle, but you know, it also is really freeing to have something that's project based and it's not um, tied necessarily to like when I was with the newspaper, I guess it was project based, but it was also like, get me three articles by the end of the day. (laughs) It's a very different um, rhythm. So it was project based, but there was a one day turnaround time. So can you (laughs) consider that project based? No. Mm -hmm. Um, I sometimes miss that like intensity to be quite honest. There's so much, it's more difficult in a way because there's so many more roles I have to play and balancing that in my head is difficult. Like, have I taken care of this moving piece? Have I taken there? I sort of miss the simple intensity of the newsroom. Yeah. As the editor, that's a huge weight to carry. So mm-hmm. do you also think that there's maybe stories either at, at the Spokane level or at the a more you know global national level mm-hmm. um, that you think should be told that, that you don't feel are getting told right now? Well, actually, it's interesting because I had this novel that I was working on and I was sort of like really bored with it and tired of it. And then this little story, it started as a little story that uh, Laurel, who is the Olympia correspondent um, for Spokesman, uh, wrote about, um, and this is one of those things I literally can't stop talking about. Do you guys, are you familiar with what's happening to Point Roberts during this pandemic? No. Okay, so... They are an exclave. So basically, when we divided Canada and the U.S., they were like, it would be a good idea if we just go straight line. We're not going to, we're just going to go straight line. And this was a long time ago. So there's this little chunk of Washington that is like five square miles. And there's the Canadian border right above it, which has never been a problem. It used to be that there's like essentially, um, that the everyone there was kind of like culturally American and Canadian. The kids who were in the America part, there was no school there. They had to go to school in Canada. They So it was so commingling. And it was a place where, because it's pretty, it was a place where extremely rich Canadians had like summer homes there. 
And then there were basically American townies that lived there. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like that vibe. So the Canadian border closed during the pandemic and all they couldn't, they did not make an exception. They were all stuck there in a five mile square spit of yes, yes. And so all kinds of crazy things like happened because you could technically, they, I think there was a way where you could be emergency flown out of this space. So when it, it became obvious that the children would have no school, all of those people left. So now this is a place where no children live. Yeah, it's like this weird thing. So they just recently, in the last couple of months... This is something I'm going to sound like such a psycho because I'm so obsessed with this. They just <laughs> recently like created this ferry that operates like two days a week that goes from mainland U.S. all the way to that land. So they've had all kinds. Of, and like I actually am sounding too excited about this because obviously this is a devastating thing for these people. But it's also just the oddest pandemic story that I've heard. And what I really want to do and what I'm working on is setting my novel in that premise. So that is kind of like a local story in a way. And I've been collecting all of that. Like Laurel doesn't understand how much I'm stalking her, (laughs) but I am. Um, And just like, there's so many weird things that have come of that. And I really want to, at some point, spend a week there I'm gonna have to like do the ferry thing and like spend an Airbnb one of because now all of the like rich homes or whatever they have nothing like they've left their property it's like abandoned for more than a year so they've been trying to Airbnb it and I think what they do is they have locals like clean it up and stuff like that so it's just like this weird it's a very weird situation and I'm like into it and so yeah I would say like I really with everything that I write um do sort of I have that journalism brain still where I kind of try to take like okay this is this real thing that's happening now I'm gonna like put my characters into it and see what happens so I am very excited about that so that's what I would like to be working on that's what I would like to be spending my time doing Being such a master storyteller and doing the work that you do, we just admire you so much for what you've contributed to Spokane and continue to do in our community through so many different projects. Um, Where can people follow your work and continue to see the influence that you have in our region and beyond? You have an Instagram. Do you? Yeah. Public or? It is public. Um, So it's kind of silly. So when I was little, I pronounced my name, my middle name's Louise and I pronounced it a wheeze. So everyone in my family calls me Megan a wheeze. So unfortunately, I don't know why I used it and then it stuck, but it's Megan, M-E-G-A-N and then A-W-E-E-E-Z-E. This is so embarrassing. Wow. Am I blushing? (laughs) It's adorable. My my family is so important to me and like we have such a deep connection. So 
Yeah. And I think that if you're a writer, you definitely have something fun and quirky. You know, I couldn't go with some normal name. I picked Spokane Guild. Why would I do that? Because I love the idea of a guild, people coming together to like help one another and, you know, support a common cause. So I think that's what you've created. Yeah. Yeah. And we are so thrilled that you got to be here today. And thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, both of you. Yeah. And don't forget to follow along with her work and with her exciting career on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much to Megan for coming on the podcast and chatting with us about her experience and career in journalism. 